taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. So we're continuing our series, uh, Be Grateful, and um, we're picking up where we left off last week, uh, Psalm 118. Um, let's uh, bow in word of prayer, and then we'll jump right in. Lord, we thank you for giving us a chance to come together. Uh, we thank you for giving, uh, I thank you for giving me this chance to preach a word. I pray that you will use it uh, to be meaningful to us. I pray that you will use it to be impactful uh, help us um, meet us where we are. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, give me just a second to get some things set up and uh, and then we'll be ready to go. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 118. We'll be reading from verse uh, 24. Psalm 118, 24. Here we go. Uh, Psalm 118. We're just reading verse 24. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, what I want to talk about today is thinking, thanking, and gratefulness. Thinking, thanking, and actual, actually, it's thinking, thanking, and gladness. Thinking, thanking, and gladness. So I'm picking up where we left off last Sunday uh, in the sermon titled, Oh, Give Thanks, and in that sermon, I intro last week talking about the fact that just as many of us were taught um, to uh, have good social graces and to um, show uh, gratefulness by saying thank you when somebody does something for us. And we in turn hand these things down to our children. For those of us who have children, you know, in the day to day stuff. Right. If we call customer service and somebody fixes a problem for us, we say thank you. Um, if we're in Walmart and somebody bags up our groceries, once they give us our receipt, we just by habit, we say thank you. Um, if we are walking into a building and somebody upholds the door for us, we are accustomed to saying to those people, thank you. It is a thing that we do. And rightfully so, we do that. Uh, let, we also talk about the fact that while it is necessary for us to do it in our civic civil society, it is also necessary for us to do that when it comes to God. Um, but oftentimes it is so much easier and like clockwork for us to engage in saying thank you to people that we come into contact day to day than it is to stop and pause and say to God, thank you. The reality is God has been solving problems for us throughout our entire lives. God has been opening doors for us that would otherwise be closed in our face. God has been taking care of us. God has been providing for us and God deserves to be told thank you. And so last week we looked at Psalm 118 and the fact that the psalmist reflects on God delivering them from distress and from danger and from disgrace. And we looked at the fact that it is possibly King Hezekiah, who is the one that is um, that is the writer of this psalm. And if it is King Hezekiah, then we have a look into what are those distresses and dangers and disgrace that he had faced in his life when that city, when his city was under siege. Uh, like, what are the things that he was facing that caused him 
um, to pin this song to give thanks to the Lord. And we talked about the fact that if that's what Hezekiah's experience looked like, we could kind of see ourselves in some of those experiences, the experiences of being distressed, the experiences of being in danger, the experiences of being disgraced and God delivering us out of all of that. We talked about the fact as we got to the toward the end of last week's sermon, uh, we talked about the fact that um, and let me just say that we're, we're in a I'm live now. So if you guys need to be interactive in the chat, that's fine. And I, and I can respond to it as well. Um, so when we got into the last part of last week's sermon, um, we were looking at this part uh, beginning at like verse 19 in that cluster that talked about the psalmist being the stone that the builders rejected. And we talk about that whole analogy of when you're building something, you want to use good material, not the bad material. And so he talked about himself as being a material that had been discarded. But God grabbed him out of the rubble pile and placed him in the acceptable pile. But then beyond that, made him the cornerstone, the centerpiece of the entire construction. And we saw ourselves in that, in the way that God has worked for us in our lives. And so today I want to kind of pick up where we left off last week. I want to pick up right after the psalmist talk about the Lord delivering them from disgrace. And I want to look at one verse in particular. That is verse 24 that I read in your hearing just a moment ago. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So what I'm hoping to have happen as a result of us looking at this passage today is what I'm hoping to have happen is that our thinking about where God has brought us from and what God has brought us through will lead us to rejoicing and gladness, rejoicing and gladness. Once again, let's look at that verse uh, one more time. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So the first thing that I see in the text is a word about reflection. Now, now, this verse has often been used as a prompt at the beginning of worship services, right? The worship leader gets on the stage and says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Or myself or another minister gets on set stage and says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And, and so I think that while that is certainly in line with where the text is going, when I studied this text in context, I saw that there was more there. It seemed like there's more that's going on. And in order to see it, I think we got to look like in context, uh, beginning at verse 19. So let me see if I can get you guys uh, all of these verses. Let's see here. There we go. Okay. So verse 19, uh, open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Excuse me. And then um, I feel like we're missing one. And then the final verse, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, so the first thing that we see here in the text is this word about reflection, right? It is this thing that is going on right here in the text. Um, it seems that the psalmist is talking about the Lord delivering them from disgrace. In this context, the psalmist is also asserting their right to be counted among the worthy and the righteous. He says, uh, 
uh, effectively like let me in. I deserve to be here. I deserve to be uh, in the temple in the congregation of the righteous. Um, they're also asserting God's affirmation and restoration of them um, out of disgrace and also giving God credit for doing it. So that is the thing that we see that is happening in the text. There is this word that is used in the text salvation here. And again, salvation is not just the um, spiritual salvation of one's soul, but it is also deeper than that. It, it is also the God's physical salvation. That's what most often we are seeking God for when we pray to God, right? It is not simply the salvation of our souls. That, that's a one-time thing that has been taken care of. But most of the time when we're talking to God, it is for God to save physically, for God to do something in our life. And so when we look at the psalm and the psalmist talks about God being his salvation, that is what, what the psalmist is talking about. And so what effectively they're saying is when I reflect on all that God has done for me, when I reflect on what I'm experiencing right now, it leads me to proclaim that this day that I am experiencing and how I am experiencing it has only been made possible by God. And that's what leads him to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I like that the way that the Amplified Bible puts it. It almost gets at it. It says, this day in which God has saved me is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It, it. it almost gets it, but let me see if I can put it to you this way through this illustration to help you get it better. So when you go to a conference, right, or like a music festival, uh, oftentimes toward like the middle of the program, somebody goes up to the stage, right? It is the conference host, the festival host, and they'll say, y'all having a good time? Have, haven't we heard some amazing speakers or haven't these bands been amazing? Um, the food is incredible. Um, Y'all give it up for our catering staff. You know, they, they go through the whole spiel and then they say, but I would be remiss if I did not stop to say thank you to our sponsor, without whom none of this day would be possible. Right. And so at that point, they, they start shouting out Mercedes Benz or or Pepsi or whoever the sponsor is, AT&T, whoever the sponsor of this event might be. And, and they 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 are shouting them out, saying that I want to thank them because this day when all the stuff that you guys are experiencing, this day would not be possible without them. And so what I think the psalmist then is doing is similar to what a conference host or a, a music festival host would be doing in that situation. But what they're effectively doing is stopping to give props to the one whose sponsorship made this day what it is. This life of being affirmed by God despite rejection, this salvation from distress and danger, this being declared righteous and worthy by God, all of the favor and substance of life that you and I are experiencing. This is sponsored not in part by, but in full by God. Yes, this is the day that the Lord has made possible. And so naturally, one's reflection ought to lead to some sort of reaction. How do I respond when I reflect on all that God has done for me? And so that leads me to the second thing that I want to talk about, and that is the reaction, the reaction. And so what is the reaction to a reflection on who's responsible for all of this? The question that I raised this morning is what should 
thinking about the goodness of God lead us to? The psalmist says that it should lead to two things. And I'll get out of your way this morning after I share these two things. Uh, it, the two things are that we should rejoice and radiate. Yeah, rejoice and radiate. Let, let's look first of all at, at the 2A part of it, the rejoicing part of it. The text says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now that word rejoice here means to shout in exultation. In other words, it just simply means to celebrate. So what the psalmist says here, and, and I like why I say this to you, is that you ought to pause for a moment and think about how the sponsorship hand of God has made all of what you and we are individually and collectively experiencing today as our personal and corporate reality. And then that thinking ought to lead to a reaction, not, not a shrugging off, not, not a passive acknowledgement, not uh, an intellectual agreement only, but it, it ought to lead to actual rejoicing. Re rejoicing like I do when Justin Fields rushes for a touchdown for the Bears. Re rejoicing like you do when your favorite team wins. Rejoicing like you do when you celebrate the fact that your candidate won the election. Rejoice, celebrate, rejoice. That there was a song Temptations had a long time ago. Um, and it had this line, and it ain't too proud to be beg. May I suggest to you that when it comes to God, we ought to not be too proud to rejoice, to celebrate. The second thing that, that I see, uh, or the B part of what I see in this reaction piece, is that we ought to radiate. We ought to radiate. Yeah, when I look at the reaction that the psalmist invokes, he says, not only should we rejoice, but we should radiate. He says, be glad. I went to to the doctor um, at, at, the, at the beginning of September, and um, it was just an annual checkup. And one of the things that the doctor uh, pointed out or noted was that my blood pressure was elevated. So some of the things that the doctor uh, recommended was that I exercise 30 minutes, three or more times each week. And, and he also recommended several other things. But also knowing myself and, and other personal things about my life, I have I also have to eliminate some of the stress out of my life and the anxiety uh, out of my life, which stuff like this this morning with this technology does not help the blood pressure and the anxiety thing at all. Um, but but some of what I have learned is that it requires me to get a hold of what's going on in my mind. And I, I need to do that so that I can get control of what's going on in my body. Right. What's happening in my mind impacts what's going on in my body. And so I think that I had this problem pre-pandemic, but certainly it became more significant during the pandemic. And this issue is an issue with being glad. I want to talk for a minute, especially to the brothers, just for a moment about this point about being glad. But one of the best things that we can do for ourselves, our families, our friends, and the people that love us, brothers, is be glad. The, the pressures of living in this black male body are unique. We are experiencing uh, in our bodies past traumas and present trauma and the lasting effect of constantly being in fight or flight mode for many of us 
We all need to invest, brothers, heavily for the sake of our physical, mental, and spiritual health. Need to invest in being glad. And you woke up this morning in a home that your teenage self perhaps would be amazed at, but you didn't wake up glad. Shoe game in your closet on point, but you are not glad. In a good relationship with a good partner or out of a bad relationship, either way, you're not glad. You can take trips, enjoy what the world has to offer, but for some reason, you are not glad. And I realized that Gladness, personally, is something that I have to opt into. Because for me, gladness is not my default. And oftentimes, as men, we don't get space to be glad. We often feel like we have to tuck our emotions in, tuck our feelings in, tuck our happiness in, like it's a chain that Debo might snatch, tucking it all in. There are, for me personally, there are often successes that I don't post on social media because I feel like I need to tuck that in. Because if you're too flashy as a black man in this city, in Chicago, know that the streets is always watching. And folks will come and get what you got. So how do, you, how do we be glad? How can we be glad in the midst of all of this? In the midst of these pressures, in the midst of this kind of social conditioning toward not being glad? I just suggest to you this morning that I plan to do exactly what the psalmist calls for here. That is reflect on where God has me, where God has brought me from and where where God has what God has brought me through and how that has manifested into this day that I am currently experiencing right now. And I am going to celebrate by telling God thank you and switching my disposition to gladness. In other words, God, you looked out for your boy. God, you came through. God, you took care of me. God, thank you. And it is that switching of disposition, that changing of, 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 of personal disposition toward gladness that makes all the world a difference. And we deserve that. We deserve and God deserves that. Because for many of us, we are living uh a life that is far beyond and it is beating the rubric for what the expectations were for our lives. I was thinking back a little while ago to uh, these thoughts that I was having. I had gotten invited, this was some years ago, to Princeton Theological Seminary uh, to speak uh, in front of one of their classes. And I remember driving back to the airport from Princeton, it was myself and, and Carla and my family, I was with me. And, and I remember in that car ride, sitting in the back seat, thinking about. I'm from the 60644 zip code in Chicago. That's where I was born. I, I was born to an 18, 19 year old single mother in the Austin neighborhood of Chicago in 1981. And here I am driving to the airport from Princeton Theological Seminary, having been a guest speaker. And I thought about the fact that statistically, for me and all of the boys that were born in the 1980s in the 60644 zip code, statistically, we were more likely to see the inside of a jail cell than to see the inside of Princeton Theological Seminary or any other Ivy League school. I don't know how I got to where I am. I don't know how I got the successes that I got 
in life. I, I don't know how I wound up in this position that I'm in, but I'm grateful. God has beat the rubric. God has done exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ever ask or think. This day that I'm living, this house that I'm sitting in, this technology that I'm using to stream out to you today, the big TV that I'm about to watch the game on in a few minutes, this is the day that the Lord has made. This beautiful wife, this beautiful child, this beautiful life that I'm living, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will not sit on it. And brothers, I challenge you to not sit on it, because many of us have cousins or homies that are locked up, that are living their lives vicariously through you, through your successes. They, they may never get to see the outside of the prison walls again, or by the time that they see it, the world will be totally different than the world that they left behind. But you are living in that world right now for the homies who ain't here. Rejoice, brother, and be glad. Rejoice, sister, and be glad. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Lord, thank you today. Thank you for pushing us to reflect and then to rejoice. And, and our rejoicing, our rejoicing should mix in some radiation. We should be radiating this gladness because of what you have done for us. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you will give us a spirit of gratefulness in Jesus name. Amen. Oh.